the Voice of Aged Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Bajik-Smith, and in over a decade, I have supported hundreds of older adults to improve their well-being in late life. This podcast offers an authentic insight into aged care, practical tips, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I truly believe that every older person needs to feel heard, loved, and understood. And it is my mission to halve the depression rates in Australian aged care facilities by 2022. everyone. It's hard to believe that we are already up to episode 15. It certainly has gone very quickly for me and I've been enjoying interviewing all these wonderful experts who add their insight into our aging population and the ways that we can work better to improve outcomes for older people and all those that support them. Now, I wanted to share with you just a little story when I first started working in aged care and visiting aged care homes, and I was quite surprised by the response of aged care providers when I would come on site and say that I'm a psychologist because what tended to happen was that the staff would start talking about their own personal issues that they had going on in their lives, and they say, oh, you're great, you're a psychologist, what do you think about this? The families will also look to pull me aside and get some advice about what was happening for them and how they were coping with the stressors in their lives. Older people, but less less so when I said that I was a psychologist. A lot of them were worried that as a result of my consultation that might mean that they need to move or that there could be a change in, in the service that they were receiving because of the stigma associated with receiving mental health services and support in late life. But in general, I found that a lot of people had lots of issues and had a lot of support needs and were finding a difficult way where to tackle the issues and how to start. And so with this episode, I really wanted to to talk a little bit about the importance of taking care of you and what it actually means. Sometimes people think it's airy-fairy taking care of myself. Oh, yes, I need to get eight hours of sleep, go for a walk, make sure I eat well, reduce alcohol intake, reduce sugar, be active, be positive, have good self-care. But the reality is that taking care of you is as much about what you do as it is about what you choose or decide not to do. And it is about those priorities of what you identify that you need to do more of and what you need to do less of. So in the instance of families and relatives, sometimes my recommendation for them is to stop spending so many hours every day in a facility where their loved one is to take better care of themselves. Sometimes taking care of you if you work in aged care, could mean leaving work on time, leaving work worries behind you, having a landmark on your commute to work where you make the conscious decision 
to switch off once you get a certain point, once you get to the tunnel, once you get over the bridge, once you pass a certain landmark on the way. So when we talk about taking care of you, it really is a complex and personalised approach to what, what is important to you and what, what constitutes care. And it really depends on who, who you are as the individual and what your priorities are. So there's no magic formula to how we take care of ourselves. It also incorporates considering what self-care would look like to us. And for some people, self-care could be simple things such as not switching on the news first thing in the morning, not consuming information first thing in the morning, but rather generating the information, writing in their journal, doing some mindfulness exercise, doing some relaxation or breathing, whatever you need to start the day on a positive note. And I know it's tricky because so many of us are connected to our phones, to technology, you know, we, we're constantly looking and searching for more information, for more resources, but sometimes it's just about being able to, to switch off. And self-care really is, at the end of the day, about what you like to do and what you make a priority to do in your life. Now, over the past episodes, I've interviewed so many different professionals who bring in psychosocial approaches to residential aged care environment in the form of art therapy, in the form of music therapy, gardening and horticulture, exercise, men's group, mindfulness and relaxation. So some of those strategies can also serve for you in your own self-care and something that you might decide that you wanted to pick up and do more of yourself. There's no hard or you know, wrong way or right way to go about it. it. It really is about your own interests and what the aspect of those activities you enjoy and you could incorporate. And so if we can look at it from that perspective of what is sustainable, what is realistic, what is it that I can do every day? Maybe I'm not going to be able to fit in one hour of walking every day, but I could do 15 minutes so that I don't feel like I'm failing first thing in a day. I'm not maintaining my exercise routine. I'm not doing things. Look at the ways that you can incorporate what you can do. This is what I spend a lot of time talking in my training courses and and services offered to aged care providers is when you look at the older person, we don't look at what they can't do because they've had a stroke or they've got dementia or their physical health has declined, we look at the ways of what we can do that can still build on their skills. They're still people. They're still individuals. They still have emotions. They still have needs. Let's look at what they can do, and let's look at how we can enhance that. And same for you. There's no need or reason to look at the ways where you suddenly feel overwhelmed or feel guilty because, you know, you're not able to have salad for lunch and dinner and have a shake for breakfast and exercise, you know, an hour every day and have one hour bath before bed. You know, we, we really have to look at how we can incorporate activities, make them realistic, sustainable, and, and make them relevant 
to you your goals and your priorities. And often when I speak to people about what their goals and priorities are, they say, they refer more broadly, oh, you know, I want my clients to be feeling good, I want my family to be feeling well, I want my loved ones to be... But a lot of people really struggle to identify what their own personal priorities are. Is it about being able to reduce your stress levels, improve the quality of your interactions, improve the quality of service delivery? Is it about having a better work and life balance? Is it about having more meaningful engagements? There's, there's lots of priorities that people have and ways that they would go about it. And when you think about your self-care, it's also considering about what that would realistically look like to you because we know that individuals who engage in regular self-care have better resilience and are less likely to experience psychological distress. Sometimes self-care can also incorporate looking at the ways of how we, we go about receiving help and support that we might need. Do you know where to turn to if you need that support? Is it from additional training or is it about receiving the skills that you might need? I'm not just talking about skills that you need to learn for work or about aged care. It could be learning skills on, on, on how to how to do more relaxation. It could be things like Pilates or it could be exercise. So it could be also about looking at the ways where we can get more support for older people, knowing where to turn to if we have difficulties in our jobs, who can help us with that. So taking care of you really at the end of the day is about all different types of activities that you can do that will help to enhance where you are at the moment. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a massive list of 20 new things that you need to do all of a sudden. It really could be about outsourcing some of those things and getting someone else to help you with them. I know this year has been really tough for a lot of people in aged care with the Royal Commission and, and the introduction of new standards and there's been a lot of negativity played out in the media every day you hear about something that's happened and the evidence that's come out or even outside of those um, big events on the media you hear about people older people being attacked in their own homes there's just so much negativity out there and I really think it's it's a time to to step back and and really evaluate what is going on for you and what you need to do to, to protect yourself and your own resilience. So as I mentioned before, sometimes really it is about looking at the ways that we can, we can get help when we need to. It might be, you know, signing up for some classes. It might be looking for supports that you might need to learn new skills. It could be about talking to someone. It could also mean if you're dealing with someone who seems to have a lot of issues going on for them, it could also be about directing them to get the support that they need as opposed to them offloading to you all their issues. That is a, a really significant issue and a great example of how you could be taking better care of you is by making sure that those people get the right support that they need. For a long time now, I've had lots of families contact me and, you know, they 
they reach out to me and say, you know, my mum's been in an aged care home and I need extra support and, 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 and services and I don't know how to support mum better or I don't know what to do. And, you know, it, it, it is a very stressful time for a lot of families and for a lot of them, they're not quite sure where to turn to for that emotional support. So I, I direct them and I say, ask them to, to reach out to different services. Um, they might need some counselling themselves. They might need more information. So I offer my booklet, uh, the guide that I've developed to support families who are moving their loved ones into an aged care facility. I often hear from staff who say they're very passionate about emotional well-being and want to incorporate more services that are focused on wellness and so I direct them to my program for wellness groups and licensing and and look at ways how I can help them in that way and I'll, I'll also be offering some new training courses for those who work in the community and in residential care facilities that really focus on enhancing the well-being of all the people and offering the practical strategies. And this is what's coming through to me. The feedback is that people want more practical strategies rather than just knowing that someone's depressed or anxious and that they might need mental health support. It's more and more about, well, what can I do to help that older person day to day? Can't just say, speak to your doctor and get a referral off. It's like, how do we engage on a regular basis? So asking for help and asking for support is definitely not a sign of weakness. It really is about the concept of taking care of you and your own commitment to your health, to your success, and to your own personal growth. Knowing how to navigate through this and knowing when you might need to get extra help and support for others really comes back to your own resilience and your own ability to deal with whatever challenges you're faced on that day. And I'm not saying that everything is hunky-dory, you know, for me, because I know about this topic quite a lot. I still often talk to older people in, in residential care who, who have negative thoughts, who are depressed, who might have suicidal ideations, who, who have little support, who have very small support network. But rather than trying to help them alone, I look at the ways that I can link them up with services and how I can enhance the quality of their lives at that stage. And even though they might feel like I've got nothing to live for, I've got nothing that, that is meaning to me, I've got nothing that can really support me at this point of time, sometimes it's just little simple strategies that can help them a lot. And it's not about calling the after-hours doctor. It, it is about connecting them with someone else so they feel less isolated, with, less withdrawn. And they're able to, to communicate and share their concerns with other people or just even sometimes to be distracted from their negative thoughts and be offered a pleasant activity, music session or something that can bring back more positive memories. And by doing that, I'm helping them take better care of themselves and I'm also taking better care of myself knowing that I haven't left someone in, in psychological distress at the end of our discussion because I didn't know what to do with them. So the best outcomes we're going to get for you, for older people, for families, for management is if we all work together. But it ultimately comes down to you taking better care of yourself. 
and recognizing what you need to do more of and what you need to do less of and how you go in between balancing those two, those two concepts. So it is just as important what you decide, the balls that you can drop and you can say, you know what, I don't need to do that as, as much. So it could be cutting back or reducing your time on, the social, on social media and doing more could be things such as being more kind to yourself, being more forgiving to yourself, being open to receiving support, being open to feedback, being open to learning new concepts and being open to receiving the love and support that you might need. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. Well, that is another episode of The Voice of Aged Care done and dusted. Be sure to become a subscriber on your podcast app of choice so that you don't miss out when I release the next episode. I'd love to know what you're thinking of this podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. So please leave a rating and review too. Over on my website, wisecare.com.au, with one click, you can grab a copy of my three top downloaded resources on mental health and well-being in older age. Let's face it, this can be a complex topic and I want to give you practical strategies to deal with it. Go to wisecare.com.au for your free copy of these three amazing resources. See you in the next episode.